You are listening to the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. I'm your host, Sandy Raper. On this podcast, I will share stories and invite conversations that will help you grow and support sustainability within your yoga practice, your pathway of service as a yoga teacher, and beyond. In today's episode, I have a conversation with Alice Blunden. Alice Louise Blunden is a London-based yoga medicine therapeutic specialist, primary school teacher, and Teach First ambassador. She is committed to bringing yoga into the education system. Alice specializes in training school teachers and yoga teachers to bring yoga into the education system, and she has her own platform, Alice Louise Yoga Online, that provides affordable pre-recorded yoga classes to schools, families, and individuals across the UK, and has teamed up with Yoga Medicine to create an online kids yoga teacher training that will be available later this year. Alice also specializes in teaching yoga therapeutically on a one-on-one basis to help students recovering from injury and teaches group yoga classes at Tri Yoga in London. Listen now to my conversation with Alice Blunden. Hi, Alice. I am looking forward to our conversation today. Let me first ask you how you're doing. I'm doing really well. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you so much for inviting me to talk on this podcast. Yes, I am looking forward to the conversation today. We'll we'll be kind of segueing into talking about kind of like a specialized type teaching of teaching of children. Um, and I'm excited about that. And But I also am excited to hear stories and how individuals come to the yoga practice, how they found the yoga practice, or how the yoga practice found them. And so I'd love for you, you know, as we're getting started to just share your personal experience of how you came to the practice and then kind of how that evolved into teaching. And then from there, we'll kind of segue into, because you have some some great um, experience uh, of teaching children. So we want to integrate that. But I'd like to know personally, kind of how did you come to the practice? So I got into yoga when I was about 14 or 15 years old. And I'd first heard about yoga from my grandfather. He used to practice it. And I can remember him meditating in the garden. I remember him practicing headstands. And so I think it just planted a seed of interest for me, knowing that he practiced this thing called yoga, which really at the time wasn't wasn't something wasn't so popular as it is today um and so then I became sort of a teenager and I investigated finding a class a yoga class and I started off um by going to my local church hall um on Hailing Island and practicing Iyengar yoga with my first teacher Andrea Smith And it was me amongst a group of much older (laughs) students. (laughs) And so it was quite interesting. It was very different from sort of how how yoga is today. And I practiced, I would go to weekly classes with Andrea uh, and that same group of students until I left home when I was uh, 18 years old and then went to university. and And I was trying different things at university I'd say I had a little bit of a break from a regular yoga practice and got back into it after university when I was living in London and I was training to become a school teacher uh, at the time doing a program called Teach First which is a an a school on the job teacher training in which you're um, put into an inner city school to learn how to teach on the job and it was an amazing opportunity but and an amazing experience but also highly stressful and I started teach I started practicing yoga alongside uh, alongside teaching in the school as a way to sort of escape really and manage my stress and keep moving keep fit and healthy and 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 that was it and I've been regularly practicing since then nice nice I I love to hear that I love that about your grandfather gosh wow Mm -hmm. what um you know a neat 
growing up experience um, to see that. And like you said, that planting of a seed, which mm. is exactly, you know, these things. I think sometimes when we think about teaching, we think in those kind of uh, organized fashions, you know, in classrooms, but we are teaching always, you know, to someone we are initiating and planting those seeds for other people. And we may not even really realize that. And so he, you know, was doing that. And so that's just, uh, yeah, I love to hear those things and how people um, come into the practice. And, you, and you've mentioned, right, that you segued into a school teacher. So let's talk about, so when was it in that journey and that process that you realized, um, and it may have been kind of a natural one, to, to become or pursue teaching yoga like when did that take place so you said you were practicing to relieve the stress right during that that transition when was it that you decided to kind of cultivate the teaching of yoga into what you did as well so it's interesting actually um I was in about my I think it was my third year of um school teaching and I had saved up money to do a master's in sociology and education and I had saved up this money and I was on the course and I was due to start the course uh, this was uh, it was before the start of the academic year so I was due to start it in about the September and I and, and this was around the December when I'd signed up, I'd had a position on the course, ready to go. And I just started having these sort of sleepless nights in which I was kind of panicking about the idea <laughs> of working full-time in a school and then spending my weekends and evenings in the library. And I sort of was like, oh God, is this really what I want to do? Am I really going down into that field of academia? And it will be so consuming of all my time. But I also knew that I really wanted to study uh, and learn more and specialize within an area of education uh, that, that that was, I, I was wanting to sort of slightly diversify and, and bring more into, into my career. And after speaking to my yoga teacher, speaking to friends of mine, I, I just suddenly, I really realized um, a couple of good, good friends of mine, friends of mine were training to be yoga teachers at the time. And this was about 2013. And I was speaking to them and, I just realized sort of specialty obviously at that time in teaching anatomy and physiology and integrating that into the into the yoga setting and I was inspired by that because I had my own sort of physical injuries that I was working with at the time uh, and then that was it I set on that path and I and I did my 200 hours with Tiffany and then and then on from there um, my yoga medicine 500 and and onto the thousand hours as well now. Oh, that's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. And so, so Alice, you teach a variety of students, correct? But you specialize somewhat, you have some experience that, you know, it's kind of the, the uh, conversation for this podcast of, of working with children. And so let's kind of segue into, um, some effective ways or what you feel. So when we take the yoga practice and we start to try to, to share and, but then from a specialized thinking about if we're going to teach them the yoga practice, what are some effective ways? So effective ways to teach kids yoga. I mean, this is a big conversation. Um, I, know. <laughs> I, think, I think first and foremost, you've got to really want to do it and enjoy spending time with children. I think that's really number one, the most important thing because that interest and that passion will, will come through to the children. And you're, like we mentioned before, we always have the opportunity to teach children. They don't have to be sitting down at, a, at their desk or at a computer in order to be able to learn. A, you know, a teacher, a 
a yoga teacher coming into their lives, whether it's at the schools within the school or whether it's at home or at a studio can be a real source of inspiration. And so first and foremost, that, that person needs to be really passionate about, about working with children. I'd say from there, I, in, in terms of teaching anything to children, I think there needs to be a level of understanding of how to manage a group of children. Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer that actually, um, and this probably comes from my background working in education and, and teaching in schools, but I'm, I'm a firm believer that actually once you know how to manage a group of children or, or, or any group, but in particular children, <laughs> it is quite an, it's quite a specialized, specialized set of skills, then you can really teach them anything. And mm -hmm. that's really what the training is. When you're training to become a primary school teacher in the UK, you're being trained to positively manage a group of children from the age of four up to the age of 11 and using this set of skills so then you can teach a range of subjects so I, I as a school teacher I was teaching math I was teaching science I was teaching art I was teaching PE and then I also started integrating yoga into the class and there wasn't any real difference between me as a teacher from how I was mm -hmm. teaching one subject to the other and and that meant I was able to teach teach yoga to, I mean, I teach small group, small groups of classes with maybe sort of just five or six children, and then also groups of 30 or 40 plus children as mm -hmm. well. And I'd say having a basis of knowing how to manage the group, how to set up a safe an inspiring learning environment and then have the techniques for positively managing the the, the dynamics of the group because it is very different from teaching adults when I go into an adults class to teach generally speaking the adults you know we might have a conversation at the beginning we might have a conversation at the end there might be the odd question or comment during the class but really it's my voice it's my teaching I'm guiding and they're following but with the kids class it's much more interactive that conversation right. is happening that time and it takes management to because it you can easily go off onto a sort of you know where one child is speaking loads and the other children are sort of <laughs> messing about in the corner and then other right. children are having a fight and you know it and, and it takes a skill set to be able to to manage that positively without having to raise your voice without having to kind of set any sort of negative tone to still create that really positive environment so right. I would say that exactly. that's fundamental. I'd say that would be the next step, like be inspired, want to do it and then get some experience in, in managing groups of children. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of, I think about yoga teachers that come out of, uh, you know, a foundational 200 hour training and um, that's <laughs> enough of a start to begin. But then we think about specialized uh you know, populations or groups that we um, may have interest in teaching. And so I would think that a more specialized yoga teacher training for children would be a great asset to add to that because you're going to approach the practice totally in a different way and uh, gain some of those management skills. Cause you know, say you don't have the background of, of education of children already, which has already helped to lay a foundation for you. Like, like you said, you could teach in any subject, you know, because of the skill set you've already equipped yourself with. I'm thinking about the yoga teacher that doesn't come with that already. And, uh, and what you've already mentioned, there is a different skill set needed to teach uh, children. And so the passion needs to be there. And then I, I would say you would suggest too, that they seek out a specialized training for specialized children. Training, specialized training in, in teaching, in teaching kids yoga. To be honest, like there's a lot, there's, there's so many, there's so many really good ones out there, but I would, I would be looking out for a training that, that does 
Because the truth is, if you've already got your 200 hours or 500 hours or however it is, you've got this fountain of knowledge about yoga and mm -hmm. philosophy, the practice, it, the, the physical practice, the, you know, we've got so much, 200 hours plus that you can share. And so really it's about learning the effective weight or sharing that to children without it being lost. Are there some specific, um, I'm thinking about like, how do we take such a kind of a deep subject, uh, you know, philosophy and, you know, the, these components of the yoga practice, how do, you know, can you share some effective ways to, to translate that, you know, if I'm teaching an adult as opposed to teaching a, a child or a, a tweener <laughs> or whatever age, you know, how can we effectively teach them such a, a wonderful deep topic but in a way that translates and is relevant you know in the language or or whatever it is you know are there any specific ways you could share that how do we do that so um with my classes I would always pick a theme or an intention for the class and I do this with my adult classes and mm -hmm. I do it my kids classes so it's going to everything then once I've decided on the theme and say for example the theme is kindness I will then decide on different yoga poses different maybe partner yoga practices maybe there's mm -hmm. a game incorporated as well what I also I'll always start the class with a circle time in which we'll discuss the word kindness and what it means to us and you know have a little bit of time to share and discuss the theme right. as well and then everything within that class will be connected back to that theme making the class focused because mm -hmm. the thing is with yoga there's so much that we can share sometimes it can be an overload of too much whereas right. I find that with 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 kids yoga and with my, the adults yoga when I've got that theme it can really focus my choice mm -hmm. on what I'm going to be teaching them how I'm going to be teaching them as well and so then the children can come away with almost like a set of relevant skills for that topic that they they can then take off the bat as well that's been been embedded rather than it just being lots and lots of random things right uh, and then them not really knowing maybe how to even apply or you know yeah, what to even yeah. do with that and yeah. so do you find also thinking about varying ages of children what do you think are are there different approaches I mean, probably so, you know, younger ones versus some older children or, or moving into, you know, close to being in the teen years. What do you feel are some different approaches for those, those different age groups? So I would say, um, so for toddlers, so let's say from two to two to three, um, the classes are going to be a lot shorter. They're not going to necessarily look as much like a yoga practice. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of getting up getting down you know one pose is standing the other pose is sitting there's going to be a lot of sounds incorporated <laughs> you know pretending mm. to be the the different animals that you know to kind of inspire that visualization and creativity right. um and the class would be maybe 15 15 minutes um mm. and i would mix it in with like moments with moments of um, quiet, but the moments of quiet, the expectation isn't for them to lie down in Shavasana for three minutes, okay? <laughs> it's going to be very brief, you know, just inviting them to, to notice. So you're kind of introducing mm -hmm. the principles of mindfulness and relaxation, but in a sort of very small amount of time. Um, right. I don't incorporate a lot of music and songs into my kids' mm -hmm. yoga classes, but if I do, they would be with the toddlers groups. Um, okay. Then going on to the kind of what I call key, key, like early years and key, key stage one, the five to seven year olds, this is still, it's gonna start looking a little bit more like an adult's 
a yoga class and it's becoming more familiar um there will be maybe i will be incorporating more familiar yoga poses the moments the sort of i call them wisdom moments within the class where they're still where they're quiet they're going to be a little bit longer and more frequent so um and then I will have a longer relaxation at the end that maybe incorporate some sort of meditation that gives them something to focus on. Maybe it's a piece of music, maybe it's doing a sort of mudra with their hands, uh, maybe it's a visualization. And those mm -hmm. classes will be probably about 20 minutes long. And then going on to sort of eight plus, those classes are very much more like um, eight years plus. Um, they're becoming much more like an adult yoga class. Um, but I would be incorporating, I'd, I'd probably start the class with introducing the theme. There would be the, the circle time. And actually I would do that for the, for the other um, age groups as well. We would talk about what that theme is and what it means to them and then we would go into doing a warm-up um, with some familiar sort of warm-up exercises that you might see even within an within an adult's class waking up the core muscles etc right and then i would go into introducing some standing balancing poses but i wouldn't be doing long complex sequences at all i might be right. just doing the one pose and then come to the mat and then doing another pose come down to the mat and it would be a lot more sort of talking and interaction and then within those that age group of class i would always end up incorporating some sort of game as well that mm -hmm. connects to the theme so right. you know that that's yoga inspired um, right so i always think that that's you know quite fun to do the kids enjoy yeah. it and then i would Absolutely. do the relaxation at the end and those classes can be sort of i'd say with eight-year-olds it's 30 30 minutes and then going up to sort of once you're getting to the kids being 11 12 the classes can be sort of more 45 minutes towards an hour and then once you get into a teenager my teenage classes again they're coming as you get old they're becoming more familiar to to an adult's class and um it, you know it's kind of like I, I truly believe in kind of what inspires me uh just in life really and as a yoga teacher is to just seek ways to meet people where they are mm -hmm. um and you know understanding that you know, in certain situations or environments or different ages that I, I need to seek to be skillful in a way to share the, the, the deep values, right, of the yoga practice, but in a way that I'm meeting them in a way that it, it becomes relevant for them than something that just doesn't make sense. Because if I'm not willing to develop a skill set mm -hmm. to do that, then I don't want to say it's a waste of time, but is it really going to be able to plant a seed or is it going to be just something that just seems disconnected? Yeah, absolutely. And I completely agree. That's And that's certainly highlighted when you're teaching, teaching kids yoga, when you're teaching kids anything. And that, <laughs> right. yeah, and you, because it can be a, a little bit of a fine line, you know, you really want you know, to be sharing this yoga practice with them. <laughs> but actually, if you're unable to manage the group and meet them at a level that you're speaking to them, you're seeing them for who they are, you're kind of pacing it and pitching it at their kind of right. learning and, and age related ability, mm -hmm. then then you know there's a chance you could you don't you don't want to put them off yoga as well you know <laughs> right it, exactly it, pitching it to be something that actually is completely kind of uninspiring or boring or you know like that then then you could be doing the complete opposite of what you want to happen right exactly um, you know and it goes back to you how you shared about the the skill set really that's needed of um which i believe is a component, regardless of the age that you're teaching, that management, that ability to, 
as I step into the room to hold the space as the teacher, I've got to be able to manage that space and hold the space that whatever takes place, um, you know, and, and I go in with a plan, but know that there's things and spontaneity of things that I'm going to need to either address or manage in order to keep the entirety of the whole experience for everyone in a safe and uh, controlled <laughs> um, space. And I think this is, you know, that's a skill set for a teacher, regardless of the age, but I can imagine even as a teaching children, uh, that that's kind of rises up a little bit of my ability to control, you know, or organize uh, the room is yeah. going to have to really be something at the forefront. Yeah, I, and, and I think apps, I agree 100% with what you're saying, you, you know, as teachers, you're stepping in to hold that space and respond to everything that comes up. I think what's highlighted mm -hmm. with kids is that they'll say if they're not enjoying the class, you know, whereas if you go and teach kids, you go into teach an adult's class, they might be thinking it, but they won't say it. But right. kids, you'll have them having a fight in the corner or running around or, you know, <laughs> asking you silly questions to kind of send you off on a tangent. So you, you know, lose control of the group, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's the difference. And so it, it's, it's that sort of, highlighted right being able to manage the group yeah. they'll let you know they'll let you know. <laughs> that's the hey that's the beauty of children you know is their ability to to be that way and um and it, they definitely are unfiltered <laughs> sometimes unfiltered. yeah you go into yeah i'll go into a yoga class and you know the kids will be like Oh, Miss, Miss Blunden, you look really <laughs> tired today. Or like, Miss Blunden, I don't, I don't, like, I don't like your leggings. <laughs> and that honestly is amazing. Um, it is. It is. So can Alice, can you share? So I'm thinking about, say, we go into that experience and, and those things are happening, right? And they're trying to derail you, so to speak. Is there any specific, and I'm sure there is, tool that you use to hone it back in, to get everybody back, um, yeah. you know, focused to where you want them to be? Is there anything specific technique or something that you do? To, to get back on track? Oh gosh, I mean, I mean, it really depends on what it is that's going mm -hmm. on. If for example, <laughs> it's a random question, um, which kids always end up asking. Um, it, I mean, it depends, like you basically want to maintain the pace of a class because if you go into right. a really long conversation and it, with just one child who's maybe, maybe they're really interested in, in what you're saying, <laughs> or maybe they're trying to derail, derail you, <laughs> the, the, you know, it's very easy to then lose the pace of the class. And if you lose that pace of the class, and when I say pace, I don't mean that you've got to be rushing, but it just, right. you know, you can you need to keep a steady pace of the class and those sorts of questions that may, may be there that you want to answer, you want to go into more depth, but you've just got to be really mindful not to lose the rest of the group. And so yeah. if in, in a scenario, a child asks me something and it's not relevant, like it's about what I was, you know, what, what I'm wearing or what I've done or something that's not relevant to the class, then I would just say, I'm really interested in asking a question. Let's talk about it at the end of the class though, because right. what everyone else in here as well. And I would just, mm -hmm. you know, politely respond and just say, hold that thought, let's come back mm -hmm. to it. And we can, right. you know, and it's the same if um, they ask, about uh, more details, more specifics about what a particular pose does or something like that, that takes a longer answer. I would, I would be saying it, I would be summarizing the answers quite concisely and quickly. And then mm -hmm. if they want more information, I would say, hold that thought. Let's, let's speak about it at the end of the class, you know, because right. you don't want to lose everyone. <laughs> Right. So say you have some, say you have maybe someone that's not really a asking a question, but they're 
you got one or two that become distracted (laughs) within themselves, you know, is there a technique or anything you do to kind of collectively bring the whole group back together? Um, Yes, absolutely. So this is where I, this is like the positive behavior management Mm -hmm. and um techniques that that I think are really fundamental for <laughs> the role of teaching kids yoga so there, there's different steps that you would take so initially if you had sort of one child or two children or whatever and they were perhaps like fighting or I don't know like poking each other right past, which can obviously happen you would start off by just trying to kind of catch their I get up try to get eye contact with them initially and just Mm -hmm. a sort of look not an not an intimidating glare (laughs) press that but just kind of a knowing look of like I can see you I know that you're right next to you like just a sort of knowing like you know catch the eye contact if that then persists I would then continue teaching the class as it is so this is where it really becomes like a skill set because you right. need to be doing these sorts of um, positive management techniques while continuing teaching teaching the rest of the class not drawing negative attention to whatever the issue is going on at the back of the room um, right but then so if it persisted I would then continue teaching the class but go and position myself next to the kids who were maybe Uh a bit disruptive just then they could then kind of sense my presence I would then not be like saying their name or drawing attention I would just physically be closer to them and often Mm -hmm. often that is enough just to to stop it from happening because you know they're like okay I I can't get away with like you know tearing my yoga mat to pieces at the back of the room anymore. <laughs> and that's usually enough to kind of make it stop. But if it then continues, um, I w- again, you continue the class. I would just like lightly sort of tap the child like on the shoulder, just, just you know, obviously COVID times it's different, but just a little, right. more, another little reminder. And then if right. it continues from there, the idea is with, Um, managing behavior in that sort of scenario is that you're wanting to make it as subtle as possible without bringing more attention to or attention to that child so I'm not going to be kind of calling out their name and reprimanding them in front of everyone and and Mm -hmm. like causing any shame you just absolutely don't want to do that but you do just want them to know that you can see them you know what's going on and and that it's not okay if it then did continue from that, I would then have the rest of the class. I, I would, you know, kind of deviate from whatever the plan was, have them come into doing a partner exercise where they partner up with the person next to them. And they do maybe it's some sort of balancing pose or maybe it's a question I've posed for them and they have to discuss the answer together. Um, or maybe they're having to kind of, I don't know, something, something where everyone's yeah. distracted. I would then just kneel down and quietly speak to that child and just be like, look, I can see you're, you're doing this. You know, it's not okay. Just, just so right. you know, this needs to stop and, and then just make it really brief and right. as, as quick and but without bringing lots of attention to that child right. that's going to cause yeah. them to feel shame or anything like that. But also right. just letting them know, you know, disrupting isn't, isn't okay. Well, that's, that's a great advice to share. I mean, like I said, this is really a, an expanded conversation. We're, we're talking, of course, in a context of yoga um, and, and teaching in that environment. But, you know, just working with children uh, in general, you know, is a great those positive ways to address those things. Cause you know, they, um, are, are honest. They are, uh, sometimes those behavioral things, they're seeking attention and there's an underlying, you know, something that's going on and we want to be attentive and we want them to know we see them and we know what's going on and, and seek those positive ways that, you know, sometimes aren't those kind of behaviors approached with that type of way. So we definitely want to do that. And like you said, going back to that, we want to not create an environment that ends up being a turnoff for them, yeah. you know, but a, a setting that's a, a space that, you know, a seed like you were sharing in the very beginning with you, you know, is planted that, mm-hmm. that 
gosh, I think about children starting yoga and having that experience, how that just sets them up for the, the pathway of pursuing this practice all throughout, you know, their, their life and, and it to begin at an early age. And so thinking about that too, and we know the benefits of yoga and we know it from a standpoint of, you know, thinking as adults about that, but thinking about, do you, can you even think about a specific maybe experience you've had in a setting with the child uh, of seeing the manifestations of the benefits of the yoga practice for a child? I mean, you do see it within the yoga class itself. Um, mm -hmm. I call them sort of wisdom moments. And mm -hmm. they're sort of, and I, and I do them throughout sort of from the toddlers all the way up towards the teens. I, I put in these moments of quiet. Maybe they're in child's pose, maybe they're seated, maybe, but they're sort of turning inwards tapping into that sort of integral practice of mindfulness in between maybe mm -hmm. sort of more active yoga practice or maybe it's a game that we've done or maybe it's a discussion getting them to turn in and notice and you you see the children like it's it's the, actually the sweetest thing when mm -hmm. you have this kind of group of maybe it's you know 30 30 children and they're sort of <laughs> six years old or whatever and you've you've done some yoga practice with them and then you're having them sit down and do one of the the wisdom moments or just stand still in tadasana and noticing and they and you just look around it is the sweetest thing you're sort of they're closing their eyes and taking it so seriously um and the teacher's will often say after the class they'll come up and say to me oh you know they they benefit from the practice when they come back into the classroom after they've been doing yoga with me they're a lot calmer right. and you know um and I know I noticed that when I was a school teacher as well when I embedded bits of yoga throughout the day I could really sense that children was sort of become calmer become more no you know you know able to sort of notice how they're feeling and articulate how they're feeling as well um uh, so you see it like firsthand as a as, mm -hmm. as a teacher teaching the yoga classes but also as a school teacher um I had a, I called it an OM box in the classroom. And it was a box of different sort of like example meditations or activities or like cards with yoga poses on mm -hmm. that the children could do go to. And it was just a, almost like a physical toolkit in the class, in nice. the classroom that they could go to, to help them to feel calm or help, help them to kind of regulate their feelings and sort of get that sense of um, sort of balance and equanimity. And um, that was really rewarding, you know, to see children to sort of during the day kind of recognizing that they needed something going and getting one nice. of the meditations that they were familiar with it was yeah. kind of friendly for their age level and using that to sort of self-regulate and calm themselves down nice. um, or cheer themselves up whatever it is right. and um, that's really rewarding as well I'm not saying all classes have that but that's something that I did in my classes and it was right. And it was good for them to see and and they you know they saw it as a toolkit and they take, took it very seriously it's always very like heartwarming to see a child sit and meditate well, yeah, I mean we know <laughs> as adults the experience of being empowered by the ability to uh have the tools and the ability to pull into an internal space of utilizing those tools to benefit us and, you know, all of kind of life circumstances. And then, you know, to think that 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 is available to teach to children at a young age. And gosh, I just think about, wow, equipping them with those kind of skill sets and tools like that they can carry with them and they, they can recognize, like you just said, when they need that mm. and they know where to go, they know what to do instead of, you know, kind of wondering about it, we equip them with that knowledge to, to carry with them. And I just think about, wow, just the trickle effect of that moving through their life and then, and then affecting, we know the practice affects those around us as we start to integrate the practice. Just, I just think about, wow, what a foundation to build 
for them to carry on with them. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I absolutely, that's probably the most sort of lasting integrated benefit of mm-hmm. that I've seen of my teaching kids yoga have, you know, not just within the class setting itself, but seeing them really dip into that unbox the toolkit and right. use the breathing exercise that they need it would you know help them to calm down if they were feeling yeah. angry or nervous before an exam it's it's really rewarding exactly and to know that there are tools and things that they can integrate mm-hmm. um to to support them through those times and wow you know how beneficial it is to learn those things you know as soon as you can you know I think anytime anyone comes to the practice I often think of myself and think god wow if you know I came to the practice when I was about 30 and it was like I see individuals and I have you know trained younger individuals and different ones in their 20s and I think you know or even younger you know being around I'm thinking wow, if I'd have had that then, but you know, I'm grateful for when I did come to the practice, but just thinking about how if early you can develop some of that and just the ability, you know, of, of moving through your, your life with a little more ease of understanding that I, I can be equipped to manage these things instead of feeling overwhelmed and not knowing what to do mm-hmm. and, and how beneficial for our children, our teens, you know, for everyone, of course, but we're talking about, you know, younger groups to, to really benefit and utilize these, you know, not as something extra, you know, is something that is something that they, uh, that's relevant and, and that's something that they use every day. It's just, it's powerful. Um, yeah. Inspiring. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really inspiring. And oftentimes, you know, kids, won't realize that they need it they don't necessarily sort of that if you ask so when I ask kids like why do people practice yoga why you know they (laughs) they can reel off the answer but it's not for the most part they won't really kind of understand it at point but what they do understand is very real examples in their lives for example if they they they're preparing for a piano exam and they're feeling nervous or Mm -hmm. if they've had a nightmare and they've woken up and their heart is racing and being able to bring up scenarios with the children remind them of scenarios that they can relate to is really important and then say well you can do this breathing exercise if you wake up and you feel anxious because you've had a nightmare, try this breathing exercise, make your exhalation longer than your inhalation and it will make you feel better, you know, and, you know, you can make it very, very practical in that sense and relatable. Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, that, that goes for all of us, you know, when something is relevant in our life and when we experience the benefit of it, more than likely we're going to continue to pursue that, or we're going to try to integrate that, or we're going to see, you know, that, that practicality, that relevance. And, and those are the things for me personally, that I usually invest more into, or I'll continually uh, do those things because it helps make life work. (laughs) And so, you know, uh, why would I not want to integrate that? So Alice, let's talk about, um, we've talked about kind of some specialized things, but kind of pulling back, thinking about someone who is just entertaining the thought or is feeling inspired to pursue just a a foundational training, like a 200 hour experience, like just getting started and, you know, kind of pulling away from anything specialized at this point, but just kind of getting going into a 200 hour experience what kind of wisdom or or encouragement advice would you share for an individual who is seeking a training experience or seeking to step out into that that type of experience so i would say do it (laughs) absolutely go for it um i would also say um to there's so many trainings out there that are excellent Mm -hmm. and there's also a lot of 
events, trainings and free classes and example yoga activities and games and sequencing that you can do with different kids and different ages that you can just find online that is mm-hmm. free. And if you've already got your 200 hour that you could just start investigating and tr- looking into these different kind of creative classes that you could do um, yourself, you mm-hmm. know, before even doing a training. Um, and I would say connect with, so I'd say do some, do some investigation online of different, different classes, different trainings that are out there and different sort of free classes as well. Mm-hmm. And then I would also say connect with um, kids yoga teachers in your area mm-hmm. um, that you could maybe observe I don't know what the the situation is um, for different studios and different schools you may well need some sort of background check in order to do this but observing or assisting another kids yoga established kids yoga teachers then you can start seeing what it entails and also gain some experience um, around children if it's not Mm -hmm. something that you have experience in yourself um and then yeah and that's really what I would say and I would also say there's an amazing there's amazing platforms on Facebook and there's so many brilliant kids yoga teachers out there who are sharing you know different lesson ideas online um, that are really creative and inspiring so I would say get online and connect with these people as well in your local area gain some experience working with kids and fellow kids yoga teachers and online reach out to the kids yoga um, teacher community as well nice Mm. Um, yeah it's always like you see I I generally when I'm seeking to learn something or or thinking about uh, pursuing something in my teaching career, kind of look to see who's out there doing those Mm. things. Uh, Like you said, explore that, um, investigate it and uh, seek those that are doing that and try to start gleaning and understanding and, and gathering that information. And of course, we're now we live in such a global society of getting information and um, it's just right at our fingertips. And so we have so many resources out there. And so we just really need to Google it, I guess. <laughs> and- exactly. And that's really, I'd say, yeah, that is the starting point. Google it. Right. Well, there's so many teachers providing sort of online classes and things like that. Connecting with a kids yoga teacher on the other side of the world. Yeah, exactly. Establishing that community is really, really important as a source of inspiration. But also people, when you do start teaching kids yoga, people who you can reach out and ask questions to, because Mm -hmm. so much of the time we learn by doing and so just getting started I mean that's that's key getting started and then being prepared to you know reflect (laughs) on on the class what went well what would be better next time so I'd (laughs) say get started uh, after Mm -hmm. you've done your research and reached out to people and established a bit of community I would say just then get started and reflect on each of your classes I think that's really important kind of I would and still do now like write notes afterwards like what what was what was good about this class what did I feel went well Mm -hmm. Uh, what what do I need to change for next time (laughs) right next Uh, time uh, and yeah just being prepared to kind of learn learn on the job I suppose exactly well that's great advice I appreciate you sharing that and so Alice says we're kind of wrapping up our conversation I wanted to give you a few moments to share uh, what you have going on how people can connect with you and and any anything you want to share about you know your projects or anything like that so I wanted to give you a few moments to share about that okay thanks so much Sandy So I have a training that's going to be coming out later this year. I teamed up with Yoga Medicine and and I've got a yoga, kids yoga teacher training um, that's going to be coming out soon. And so watch this space. And within that, I will be sharing everything from how to sort of 
plan your classes, how to sequence the sessions, different ways to teach mindfulness, teach different ways to teach meditation, different yoga poses, different everything's included <laughs> in there, as well as all of the behavior management techniques, positive behavior management techniques as well. So that's going to be coming out soon. I also have a platform called Alice Louise Yoga Online. And in this platform, I've got 80 plus pre-recorded classes now, but I have a section that is specific for kids yoga. And so I've got example kids yoga classes in, in that. And mm -hmm. so if you're looking to sort of see some different classes, observe different teachers, I've got my classes on there and I also have other kids yoga teachers who are absolutely brilliant who are sharing classes on there as well. Yeah. So that's that's an online flat platform that can be kind of accessed by anywhere across the world, the wonderful time that we live in. That are <laughs> yes. So yeah, they're my two main areas at mm -hmm. the moment, the, the yoga medicine training and then the kids yoga classes on my online platform. Great. Well, that's um, exciting. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to yeah. hear about that. And congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. And an organized fashion, I guess, to share with others. And, yeah. and it's just so accessible. And um, like you said, it just continues to spread this out and, and, you know, create connection and community and for us mm -hmm. to keep, you know, learning and understanding better how to share this wonderful practice of yoga, you know, with as many people as possible. So Alice, it's been a pleasure to talk to you and I appreciate your time and your sharing. And, you know, I love that here we are, what I'm about six hours or so behind you and this conversation, you're in the future as uh, Rachel Land <laughs> told me in a uh, episode with her. And yeah. so I just, it's, it's one of the uh, highlights of this project for me is to just, you know, reach out and have these conversations with people around the globe. And so I appreciate you. I appreciate your work and I appreciate you sharing your time with me today. It's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, having me on your podcast today. Yeah, thanks, Alice. Love the opportunity to connect with you and also to talk about something that I feel passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. Are you interested in taking a deep dive into the study of yoga? My 200-hour foundational yoga teacher training program is a wonderful opportunity for you to first and foremost seek to understand the practice better for yourself and the, through the curriculum and the practice of yoga and how to teach it effectively to others, you will expand and grow in your personal understanding so much more. Consider joining me in my next training that will begin in August of 2021 and will run through January 2022. You can find all the details at my website, sandyraper.com. Find details on the training, find other information and resources that will help you grow, develop, and expand beyond. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Until we meet again, remember to begin, to become, and to expand beyond. <music>